What do we collect? And more importantly, why? That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of the Crubcast. My name is Kevin, also known as the Golden Bolt, and I'm here with three of my very, very wonderful, kind of sexy co-workers at Co-Crubbers. Co-workers? Why did I say co-workers? We don't work together. Starting with famous Twitch streamer JTart9. Hi, Justin. I'm, I'm just here so I don't get fined. That is very true. I'm also here with uh, everyone's favorite VTuber, Moriarty. Hi, Em. I'm not a VTuber. Hello. I, I, that's debatable. And we're also here with the dancing maestro that's going to guide us through this discussion. The one, the only, all hail buckets. Hi, Nico. What is going on, gamers? And today we are going to talk about collections. So I have been curious uh, over the winter break, taking stock of everything in my life. I've been curious what, uh, what my friends collect and why. So I'll, um, I'll throw it over. I'll go, uh, top. I'll go around. We'll go around the circle. I'll start with Justin. Justin, what do you collect? I collect a lot of things. Um, I mean, the, uh, the most obvious one is video games. I have a lot of video games, a lot of them in storage, but a lot of them still here for me to play. And then I also have Amiibo. I have figures and other type of statues i have bobbleheads from sporting events i've been to um pokemon plushies and uh the story the one that has the coolest story is is hats i collect hats but uh okay. i know that i got kevin into the um amiibo collecting thing very early yeah it was your fault was actually story. that's a yeah. good point <laughs> i forgot about that yeah when yeah. amiibos first came out i had no interest in them uh and then we were going to uh, pick up, we each pre-ordered the special 3DS, the new 3DSs at the time. So I had pre-ordered the Majora's Mask one, Justin had pre-ordered the Fire Emblem Fates. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter? Was it Monster Monster. It was oh. Monster Hunter. It's weird. You don't that's like right. Uh, that's I got right. the Monster Hunter one because it was either Majora's Mask or Monster Hunter, and it was the new 3DS. And you needed that for And something. I wanted the new 3DS because I have the C-Stick. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, I always think it was Fire Emblem. I don't know why. but Because um, I, I have, that's the one I have now. That makes sense. I sold the Monster Hunter one and bought the Fire Emblem Fates one. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so we went to GameStop at that point when we were in college to get the pre-orders in because we were both like watching the direct at you know 9 a.m. and we're like, we got to go. We take a train across <laughs> the city. Uh, we get uh, we get the uh, pre-orders in, and then there were also Amiibo there. And I think it was Samus and uh, Shulk, and I wanted Shulk because I had just started Xenoblade at that point. And then I picked up Samus on a whim. And then uh, it became a it became a painful addiction that I, I did get over at some point in life very quickly because they were a waste of money. But Justin has them all, every single one, including the one in a jar. I also yeah. pre-ordered Sora, and it's kind of an end of an era. Are you going to put mm. Sora in a jar? If he fits. I mean, it, the jar is getting full. So, so you have one jar? It just... I guess it's Justin that... If anything, I am surprised that there's only one jar. That's only true. Only one jar. Well, I mean, if you count the shelf that I have as a jar, then yes, they are all in one Do you ever, jar. Like, like, do you ever like, slop it out into another jar just to clean the one? Yeah, no. I was going to say, how do you keep it sanitary, Justin? Why would I? Why would I? Beyond Amiibo, I... <laughs> oh my uh, god. Obviously, also, uh, video games are a, a, a former collection of mine. I don't really collect much anymore by way of games, uh, which we'll talk about in a little while. Um, beyond that, uh, the main thing that I've been collecting lately, and it's not really collecting, but, uh, we got back into Pokemon cards relatively recently, uh, thanks to Chris Mykonos fan mainly getting this, the Pokemon bug back onto all of us, and, uh, so, I have been, uh, enjoying that hobby a little bit in my, my spare time, 
Uh, I don't really tend to uh, put much emphasis on collecting beyond that now, because I now have uh, enough space for all the things I collect, so I see it and I'm like, I don't want more of that. So mm -hmm. it's mostly like art, like I have a couple uh, uh, pieces of art that I still need to frame on the wall that are mostly like gaming stuff, but like, or TV stuff, but kind of more tasteful than just, here's a poster of a game. Um, but uh, that's the gist of it for me. The why is, I think, more interesting in, in my case than the what. Uh, M, you are uh, more of a, a digital gamer because you play on PC, so you have the right uh, opinion on this. Uh, what do you collect <laughs> besides uh, digital games? Yeah, because I don't collect physical games at all anymore. I, I switched over a long time ago when I realized that that CD that I'm buying is just a digital license, and it doesn't really mean anything anymore. Um, day one patches really kind of ruined the appeal of a physical disc for me. When you can't take that, that game and actually play it anymore. I don't see the point in waiting in line and, and not being able to get the product immediately. So I switched over to digital a long, long time ago. And now, um, as far as collections go, boy, I am so sporadic. I have a lot of artwork. I have like a disgusting amount of artwork. Every wall in my house has many things on it. I don't have room, right? <laughs> yeah. If I yeah. wanted to hang something, I don't know where I could do it. Um, I have a lot of books, and it's usually books that are, are either meaningful or interesting or thought-provoking, or, you know, they were signed in some way. Um, so I have, uh, I have my, you know, various segments of, of books. Uh, I have the ones that are intended to annoy everybody, such as having um, all of my political books right next to the dinner table. I think that's a good place to have that's them. A very, so you can... That's a very M thing to <laughs> do. Yeah, that's <laughs> so M. That's really funny. <laughs> I love it, right? You can look over and you can be like, so you've got uh, the 9-11 report right next to the Communist Manifesto. Interesting. <laughs> uh, right above his table, by the way, he has a big TV with a uh, four split screen of every uh, news station. All the political news stations. All, <laughs> all of them. All split at screen. Once. Yeah. All at once. Yeah. It's like NFL Red Zone, but for... Yeah. News. It's important, yeah. right? You know, um, That's funny. <laughs> I, I have those kind of things. Um, but I, I think maybe some of the more interesting things to me are the ones that have stories to them. So yes. I have a lot of things on. I have a shelf behind me in my office um, that has things on it. And none of them are valuable or particularly cool in and of themselves, but they all have an interesting story. So I can say, oh, you know, this is this thing that I got in this particular occasion that this person gave me, and that's why I still have it. Yeah. Um, nice. And then the weirdest thing I have is mini fridges. <laughs> is that oh, just because to... of the Xbox one, or is that... I have the Xbox mini fridge, <laughs> and I have the Minecraft Creeper mini fridge now. Are you going to so buy that? I saw the one in... Yeah. You need the Juggernog fridge now. Are, are you going to buy you know, the Xbox Eventually, toaster? right? I haven't bought anything. I just have those two, but they're both sitting there, and I'm like, well, I guess now I collect gaming mini fridges. <laughs> that's great. No, that's valid, honestly. I used to collect regular mini fridges. That was more because <laughs> that was more because of the family business of owning yeah, every mini true. fridge. Um, that is true. Family but, family was a had a beverage related like business, and so it was made sense that we had mini. Yeah. Beyond um, uh, mini fridges, what do you collect, Nico? Yeah, well, so, you know, used to collect the mini fridges. Um, <laughs> but now, um, I, I think, so, I have a hard time differentiating 
collections from junk because I have two major collections that I really, really enjoy that I kind of curate. Right. And number one is my, um, collection of physical music, be it records, be it, uh, CDs. It is mostly CDs. I was more of a CD guy than a, than a vinyl guy. But, um, I think due to what M has been saying that like, it just basically comes down to like a digital license. Um, you know, especially movies and music are different, obviously movies and music is different, but like at some point CDs just started coming with like a digital download code as well. And it was like, I just did that anyway. There was another point that I was like buying CDs and then getting the songs off of like LimeWire so that I didn't have to open the CDs. Um, you know, so I, I have a, I have a, there's only, there's only a couple records that I did that with, but yeah, I CD fully collection. expect just as a random aside here in the future, you're going to buy a CD and it's going to be a license to own that thing on Apple iTunes or own it yeah. on Spotify. They're going to get rid of having actual sure. files on these discs at some point. If for nothing else, then their ability to leverage that license. Yeah. So um, not to kind of, you know, throw us off there and say physical bad because it's not bad. The Criterion collection is incredible. The ability to watch these movies that are getting pulled off of Netflix and stuff like that is incredible, but yeah. physical has got its, but, its its problems too. And for the record, I was collecting them because I like I wanted a physical representation of having purchased it, not necessarily because which I is very I'm cool idea. be able to like listen to this my whole life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I collect is instruments. Uh and, you know, I have six, seven guitars, uh, two drum sets, one electronic drum set. I have uh, three didgeridoos, one of which is authentic from Australia. Um, and I have a, a Vuvuzela and an accordion. Um, oh, and a mandolin. I have a mandolin, not the slicer, the instrument. Do you have the slicer, uh, though? I do have the slicer as well, and I also have a ukulele. So that's most, if not all, of my collection. You uh, made me curious. I went to mm-hmm. look at what the last physical game that I have, and I, I have it down here. And it was Cook a Mama, Cooking Mama Cookstar. Yo, on the, the, PS4. the crypto yeah. game. Because that one was not supposed to exist. Yo. No, no. The yeah. PS4 version was not supposed to exist. I have it too. Yeah, the PS4 version is not yeah. supposed to be real. So I bought it, um, and I have it. And I, I will keep it next to Demon Throttle. Yeah. And those yep. will be my two physical games for this decade. We gotta get you a Shamu <laughs> nice. at some point. You oh, can have Shamu. mine. No, you gotta play it still. <laughs> yeah, Justin, you have to play it. Yeah, you still have Justin's trying that. to pawn it off. Oh my god. Look at this. Get a load of this guy. Well, yeah. Justin, as punishment, you now have to tell us why you collect. You know, well, tell me about the hat collection. I'm very curious about the hat collection because you said that one's like very interesting. Yeah, that one's the most interesting story of everything that I collect. Um, I started collecting hats because it was my brother's dream when he was a kid to visit every MLB stadium. And so whenever he would go to a stadium, I would get a hat. Mm -hmm. So I have hats from every single stadium that I've ever been to. Minus, I think the Baltimore Orioles. I just lost that hat to to time. Do you want one? I think I have one. Hey, he I'll stole take it. it. He stole that. Yeah. Man. No, I I went to the I went to the an Orioles game one and time when I bought Justin a hat. while he was there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have an yeah. Orioles hat, so I guess that would work. But um, yeah. that that then went to um, 
just whenever I would go somewhere, I would get hats. And I also, I forgot, I completely forgot. I have a, a collection of playing cards and it's the same oh, kind that's of idea. Awesome. It's the same that's kind of awesome. idea of um, the hats is everywhere I go, instead of getting like a picture book or a photo album or any pictures that I've taken, I can have a deck of playing cards from the area and they all have pictures of the place on the back of the card. So yeah. I always remember that spot and then I can always use it too. Yeah. So I have a whole drawer of playing cards behind me. Um, but the hat collection has gotten completely out of hand. Um, I have uh, a Sonic hat. I have a Mario hat. I have a Pikachu hat. I have Street Fighter, Mass Effect. Um, it works well in your teams, case because you, you pull hats off. Like I'm, I, you I, pull hats off, I would yeah. wear hats if I pulled them off better, but I don't. I try to at least. This is my old reliable. <laughs> I kind of like I get the Larry David thing going on with hats like where my hair is just like absolutely going wild out the back. So it's like I have been wearing them less nowadays, but you do pull them off very well. Yeah. I try to consistently um, I think yeah. out of everyone I know who wears flat brim hats. You look the best with them. Yeah, no, I, I kind of just forced flat brims to be a part of my fashion you know. game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also whenever I go into a hat store now, there's this like um boutique hat store called hat club and um i learned about them because i had a coworker that also is really into hats and he was like you should check out hat club and i go in there and the hats are like dumb expensive but man are they really nice i have yet to buy one from there but uh really 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 nice hats i actually have one hat i've worn on a couple of streams it was designed by a friend of mine that friend of mine that I told you guys are just about about who told me about Hat Club, he makes his own hats, and I bought one of his hats, and I have it. Now, speaking of things that are uh, expensive but really really nice, you brought up a good point that uh, brings me to a different thing. And you know what that you want to know what that is? Mm. If you go to Patreon.com/crub, you can get earlier ad free access to things such as the uh, Mario Party game nights that we do. Uh, some wonderful uh, bonus content, such as Nico talking about different uh, genres and uh, artists in the music game with different uh, crubbers here and uh, exposing us to new brands as well as himself sexually. Uh, you don't see that, but we do, and we have to react to it in real time. Uh, so patreon.com slash crub, we have the founder tier. It's $5 a month. That is going away pretty soon. So if you want everything that we ever do as crub, uh, you should hop in now, and I also want to say really quickly before we move on uh, that you should make sure that if you are not uh, following us on every platform, you do uh, do that now because we want uh, to own the world. I would like us to own the world by the end of this year. I think it's possible. We own Norway uh, pretty mm -hmm. soon. It'd be cool. Shout out to Norway. Uh, Shout if, out to Norway. If you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts or rated us on Spotify, you should do that as well because that helps us surface in places like Norway. So, so please do that. Hugely helpful. It really is. I saw we have five yeah. reviews on Apple Podcasts, which uh, tracks because most of us are Android users, so we can't do it. Uh, but if you're yeah. an Apple user, you can. So, so please do that uh, because we, we need you. Yeah. We need you. Norway's not going to take over itself. We need your help. Um, I really and like you, the... Oh, you go, Nico. You have a better plug. I was going to say. Yeah. And if you would like to help us take over the world, please go to crub.org slash join to join our public. Yes, you I heard that, that right. Yeah. It's public and it's free Discord server yeah. uh, where you can be in the same Discord server as us. <laughs> what a perk. Yeah, <laughs> what a perk. Um, I do like your reason for collecting hats, Justin. I think that's a really neat one. I like yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That. 
I don't really have anything with like like that with my collections. Like I collected games because uh, we would trade games in as a kid to get new ones. So having the games I like is cool. Uh, I don't do that anymore because I look at it and I'm like, man, outside of like PS3 and Xbox 360 games, uh, which aren't as easy to just uh, uh, play better elsewhere, everything else you can play better elsewhere. You know, I have the NES Classic, the SNES Classic, you have the Nintendo Online. Uh, as a lot of the retro or the, 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 uh, the pre-retro, I'm going to call it, era of games uh, becomes more available. It's I've become more disillusioned with the, the collecting of them because it's just kind of a flex, and I don't need that in my life. You know, I have a yeah, <laughs> I have a Pokemon Mini, the little handheld that played cartridges that like there was like ten of them total, and I made a video on it years ago. I have one of those because I bought it for that video, but I emulated the footage, so I didn't need to buy one. I just did, and it's just it's always gonna sit there. <laughs> I'm never gonna play it, so that's pretty rad. Um, That's still kind of like an awesome piece of history, though. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I put it next to my political books at the dinner table so that people assume <laughs> Right, that. right. Yeah. Um, no, but like looking at a lot of my stuff behind me right now, like a lot of it is, you know, I'll still buy physical copies of the games that I really, really know I'm going to enjoy or that I, I want to continue. So I bought the, the Yakuza or Like a Dragon Gaiden. Uh, I bought that physically, even though it didn't come out physically here in the U.S. I imported it. Uh, just because I, I wanted to keep that going and I could have played it earlier, but I didn't because I wanted to play it on PlayStation for the trophies because I've gotten all my trophies on Yakuza on PlayStation. So now that I'm stuck there. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, I look at like uh, a lot of the stuff that I think is more meaningful and it's not on my shelf behind me that the shelf that you might see in the thumbnail of this video. It's stuff uh, actually closer to the right of me, like my my PlayStation All-Stars coins that I got. Because, uh, like you guys kind of said, that has a story behind it. Uh, mm -hmm. And that story, I've told it before, uh, was I was a, a member of the uh, PlayStation All-Stars like, uh, forum community back when PlayStation still had forums. And I remember how rough it got near the, near the, the middle of it when, like, oh, Dante from the new Devil May Cry reboot leaked the bad, the bad one that people now like now. Um, yeah, they, call him, they called him <laughs> Dante. Dante, yes. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that really made the fan base uh, toxic uh, before the game came out, especially with like Smash players coming in and being like, ha, this is bad, um, just because of weird console warsy reasons. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I, because I was like, you know, I want to see this game do well, because like, even if this one's not great, the next one would be. And I had written a, like, a nice little open letter before the game came out to say, like, hey, you know, thanks to the development team for being like... Uh, calm in the chaos of this independent studio's first and only game being this this monstrous uh legacy to have to live up to while also being handicapped every step of the way by things like oh i don't know uh sucker punch allegedly requiring that infamous cole cole mcgrath from infamous have two separate characters one for good and one for evil like they they weren't allowed <laughs> to put the shadow of the colossus main character wander in the game because uh fumito ueda said no like, Sony gave its, its teams too much autonomy at that point, and still probably do, uh, to some extent. Uh, anyway, I wrote them this little nice open letter thing, and they wrote back, like, the president of the company wrote back. And uh, he said, you know, like, thank you, genuinely thank you, we read it in the team meeting, it was very nice, uh, yada yada, I probably still have it somewhere. Uh, but he also was, was then like, I want to send you some merch. And, and um, I, I do want to step back, because the thing I forgot was that he, they had sent... Two, I think it was Argentina, 
there was uh, one person in the community who didn't have a PS3, didn't have a Vita. They couldn't really afford one. And, and the studio sent them a Vita just because to play the game. And so that's when I was like, I need to, I need to make sure that this is recognized. And uh, they, they wanted to send me merch. I said, please, no, I don't want merch. Uh, they then insisted, so they did uh, send me merch. And a week later when the game came out, there was this contest of if you use the pre-order costumes and post a picture on Twitter or Facebook or whatever uh, of you getting a, a certain number of kills with a character with that costume, you'll enter a contest. We'll send the winner uh, uh, this exclusive set of coins of the six playable characters that were in the original demo. And they rigged it because I won. And there's no way that I should have won that, especially when they sent the merch with the coins in the same thing. So I have evidence of a rigged election next to me, and I just need 10,000 more coins, and then I will succeed. Um, but no, it was, it was, it's one of those that's really cool, because there's only like maybe 50 sets of those coins in the world, and uh, I was able to get one. And it's for a game that uh, is important to me, not in terms of how good it was as a game, because it's kind of mid- but uh, because without that experience of being like, I really like community, uh, we're not here, you know, like, like I don't start the Golden Bolt most likely and I don't meet M and I don't meet Chris and I don't meet uh, Sean or Trav and then we don't all become friends here that make this podcast. So I think that that's uh, it's a very special thing. And that, that's a cool thing about collecting is you get the stuff that matters, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and M, you kind of hit on that with uh, like talking about that shelf of things that are, you know, maybe not even valuable. And uh, uh, do you have any examples of one of those things with a story that'd be really interesting to share? Or are they all bad stories? <laughs> bad <laughs> if they're stories. bad, that's fine. We can move on. Yeah. If they're bad stories. You no, can, I can, you I can just... give you kind of like some some, yeah. uh, you know, generalizations. I have a um, a jar of matchbooks, for example. Oh, and, a jar? Uh, uh, every single like hotel that I go to, right, or anywhere that I go where I stay uh, overnight, and I can find a matchbook, I take it, and I have a matchbook for you know all these things that I've done, so I can go and I can kind of reminisce about this trip I took to as Ohio. You're, as you you're know? setting things on fire, you're like, as, ah, yeah, yeah, as I set things on yeah, fire, yeah. right? That's kind of um, like how I am with the trading cards. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's or not similar. the trading card, the playing cards. Have Let's see. Cards for each All right, so I'm I'm gonna move a little bit, and I I'm sorry if the audio gets funky. I just want to make sure that I can look back here. I have a jar for, or not a jar, a, uh, a mug. I have a <laughs> mug that has new tubers on it because we did that merch yes, thing I, like six yeah. years ago, and we nice. only sold two mugs, and it was to us. I had the ogre board <laughs> socks for a while from our charity thing. I have yeah. the only pair in existence. Still. I think you have the only pair left. Yeah. Yeah, because yours got thrown away. Yeah, that's yeah. I have um, I have a, a a couple of those clappers, those plastic you know clappers that you blow in air and they go right, and you can like smack them against each other in a in an oh, event. Oh, right. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a couple of those because I went to this big CS:GO tournament, and so I have those over there. Uh, things like that, just total mementos of these yeah. events and, yeah. and moments that I've experienced. Honestly, right. those feel more valuable to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would never sell them. You know, I, yeah. I've got a I've got a coin that um sim, sort of similar uh that Valve sent me for being an early CS:GO player. Oh, that's rad. That's cool. Wow, you know? that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. gonna say stuff. I was gonna say Nico to jump to your uh the thing you said early when earlier when you were explaining your different collections. You said like I don't know how to differentiate between junk and collections. 
Dude, uh, yeah. I want to I want to jump to that because that's kind of how I started to feel about my game collection at a point. Uh, and again, now having it in, I had it on shelves in my old place, but now having it like as this whole thing where I had to like organize it in a way that was visually aesthetic. Uh, I again, I just kind of got disillusioned with a lot of it because of the price jumps that a lot of retro games went through in recent years uh, that just aren't mm-hmm. justified whatsoever. Like I'm never going to mm-hmm. play a lot of these games on old hardware, so unless I'm going to play it on hardware, I don't buy it on hardware. Um, and uh, I, I guess to me, a lot of that became junk in a way. Uh, and I became, especially as I got my PC, uh, more in line with M, like I'm buying my games digitally. Uh, as a content creator, I get review codes from publishers a lot of the time. So it's uh, either I already have bought the game, so then I'm just getting the game like two days before that anyway, or uh, I have no reason to then buy the game because I'm, I already have it. And that makes it a, an interesting angle for us specifically you know uh Mm. so i've become a digital gamer mostly um just because i'm like whatever like it's cheaper there half the time if you go on steam um yeah but uh i guess that brings us to like the the why and that's why i wanted to jump to you nico was like uh why why do you think that certain parts of it are junk and why do you think that you hold value to the other stuff outside of the financial value of like instruments in your case yeah well you know um, and also don't, don't let me forget. I have, um, another question for you specifically regarding the video game collection. Don't, don't forget about that. Um, but so with instruments, right? I would argue that even though I may not use all of them all the time or in beats or recordings, um, also, nice dog collection for our audio listeners. Uh, there was a dog briefly I'm on only, camera. I, I'm only collecting um, one dog for now, but he needs a dog yeah, at some yeah. point. Yeah, dog collection. <laughs> Every dog. Um, so, yeah, I mean, music, like, instruments are generally, to me, have a use. Video games have a use, something you can do with them, Right. And so that's why I consider that a collection. That's why I consider my like physical media collection, even my um, back there, Kevin, you got it for me for my birthday. It's a, it's a framed vinyl EP of, of my record. Um, those things have uses, but you know, on top of that, I have other things that like don't have stories behind them that I just collect. And that I think is where the junk lies right like i don't know well i guess i'm never mind i was looking for an example of junk but i'm having trouble identifying one i think i draw the line at the story right like i have a story for this like hobbs and shaw but this i have a story for my hobbs and shaw poster that i that i hang up in my office i have uh the story behind the the vinyl ep in my office i have a story behind every one of my instruments for the most part. Um, you know, and that's sort of where I draw that line is being able to like tell a story about it. Mm-hmm. Justin, do you, do you agree? Um, to a point because I like buying a lot of dumb, uh, statues and figurines and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I have a statue, right. I'm looking next to me. I have one, two, three fire emblem statues. I have uh, statues of the main characters of the movie Your Name by Makoto Shinkai, which is another thing you can see Love on that. Patreon. Yeah. Um, 
Kill a Kill, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Spikes Family, Halo Reach, Streets yeah, of Rage. Well, like so, it, actually, it's... Justin, I I really wanted to know the why for you because I know my reasons, right? It's like having a bunch of instruments, having a bunch of music around me, excellent, right? Even my board game collection. But for you, with all with the figures and things like that, like I'm I'm very curious. Is it just like you're just like I just think they're neat, or is it like is there more to it? Um, I always really, really liked, um, I'll say this, my fascination with like statues and stuff like that started Comic-Con 2012 and I went to New York Comic-Con 2012 when I was in high school and I was able to walk the show floor and I saw so many cool, like giant statues and everything like that, but I was in high school, so I couldn't afford anything. I literally just kind of went to the Comic-Con to hang out with my brother and get all the free stuff that they would give you. And I have a little free um, Adventure Time Finn figure with a shirt that says New York Comic-Con 2012 on it. Like, they gave it to me for free just for walking the show floor. And uh, ever since then, I was like, when I have the money, when I have the expendable income to be able to afford some of those statues, I want to buy some. And I've done that. And yeah. They just take up space on a shelf. They don't do anything. Yeah. Like but my, my big like Shovel Knight statue look. is that way. Like I was like, I really want to, I really want something more to show uh, Shovel Knight. And like, we've talked before about how uh, there's not really much tasteful gaming merch out there. No. Uh, and like, not, not that a giant statue is, but like, it's better than <laughs> a really bad poster, which it's not bad, but it's like, it's a gaming poster. I don't want that on my wall. Yeah. Uh, unless it's I, in my I'd rather, I'd rather get a big statue that looks tasteful than just put the box art, put the box art up on my wall. Yeah. Like that life, that life size yeah. Tifa statue you have is, is up there. It, yeah. Also in a listen, jar, which I don't know why it's always slime. I got I a really it. big jar. Yeah. I don't know how you got a jar that big. Like, um, the, the one thing that I do want to, this is something that I want to get into collecting, but I don't have the space for it yet. And it's arcade cabinets. I, I looked, just I looked at that when I moved. That's I was awesome. like, man, I want one. Just one. I want one. I just want one. And maybe if I want more after that, then I'll branch off from there. But like, I just want an arcade cabinet because yeah. I love going to the arcade. I want a I cab. get that. One I kind of want a pinball machine. I feel you. One of my, my goals, uncle has a collection of pinball machines. One yeah. of my goals at some like point 10 of them. When, I, when I move into a larger space is to get like specifically, I don't know why I like the Sega Astro City uh cabinets those are classics those are really cool but get one of those and then uh change the board out with a board that just has you know whatever arcade games i want on it that i can just swap between uh you you can finally have a working windjammers machine yeah like anything like that because i only need one and that's kind of how uh this might go to your question you that's kind of how i've turned with a lot of it is uh utility for the space like i've never been a cd collector I never really was yeah. a DVD collector uh, because if you can access it in an easier fashion, I'd rather have that than have to lug around a physical thing. Uh, oh, dude, believe me. I, I play the drums because yeah. I sit in one spot. Like, you don't have to convince me. I'm on board. It's a shame there's not <laughs> digital drums. But what was, what was the question that you had wanted to ask? Yeah. So the question that I wanted to ask you is, you said something that I think a lot of people don't necessarily get to, especially not a lot of collectors, um, which is that you said, I don't really collect video games anymore. And the question is, at what point is a collection done? Is it done when it's complete? I is think it done when you decide it's done? Like that's, you know, 
I, think, um, that, I don't I, think a lot of people get to the end. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because I, I meant to say like I think Pokemon ruined the concept of collecting for a lot of people at a point uh, mm-hmm. because of the gotta catch them all moniker. I think that that's mm-hmm. uh, what led to something like a limited run existing. Uh, it's what led to a lot of people buying every limited run game in a line, especially when they were promising that if you get every single game, they'd make one exclusive game that only people who had every single game could get. Uh, I don't know they how they audited that. They didn't do that. Are you suggesting? Uh, so I have not seen evidence that they've done that. Um, oh man! But you'd think they'd keep up with their promises. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, like, you know, I have limited run games. For, I, I've, I bought a good number of them because I was looking at that not as like a, I want all of them as much as like I want to experience these new smaller uh, titles. Like I want to like it's a it's a curated indie selection at a point. And then I was like, wait, I have a Steam Deck now. I could just pay a dollar for that instead of eighty. Um, yeah, and. I don't know. There's that. There's that element to me that I think is probably the fault mostly of of Pokemon when you go all the way back to the source. Um, I think, speaking only for me, I think a collection is done when you've gotten all the use out of building it. Uh, at that point, like I could, I could add another shelf for games, and I will probably need to at some point just for adding space for the new games that I do buy. But, like I. Outside of stuff for work now, I just I'd rather have not that behind me, you know. I don't know. It's not a really yeah. great answer, but I think at a point I'm just like I've gotten everything I wanted. Or there's one or two. Like before Scott the Waz existed, I was collecting uh, all the North American Wii U exclusives because I was like that'd be really cool to have. There's only like thirty of them. I have all but one, and then uh, he started talking about the Wii U and the price went up, and so I stopped doing that because I'm like, oh well, a someone's doing that, so now. Uh, People will think I'm just ripping them off. And B, that's expensive now. So why am I going to spend $100 on Sonic at the Olympic Games Rio 2016, a game that I will never play, just <laughs> or to like have 150 it? $150 bucks on Wii Sports Club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's especially like with the Wii U, like at a point, like it's no longer a supported system. So I, I don't believe it's unethical to uh, buy games used or not buy them at all uh, at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. M, what what do you think as someone who got out of collecting with games a lot sooner than than I did? Is do you agree? Do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, right? Like, there's plenty of reason to collect whatever you want. But do right? you hate me? Um, I you know not not enough we'll talk to about tell it. you. We'll, we'll talk about it later. It's fine. I think what, that what about me? When with regards to collecting these sort of things, right? Um, if there's a purpose to it, right, that's kind of the bigger issue. I somewhat maybe morosely think sometimes about what will happen when my children go through my stuff, right? Will they go, what is all this junk, and give it to some auction house or throw it out, maybe? Yeah. Or will they go, I wonder why this baseball is here. What does that mean, right? Like, what? what is this thing? You should just put one uh, baseball in your stuff that has no meaning just to make yeah. them think it has yeah, have no meaning. I got a yeah. couple extra lying around I can pass off. You know, I, I, but see, in that case, it would mean something, because I'd be able mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, this is the time that I went to this baseball thing with Justin, you know? I think yeah. that's interesting, and, and that's something that I I want is the story. I don't really care about you know, the monetary value of things very much. I don't really care about having stuff. I'm not particularly, um, I don't know, 
consumerist, right? Yeah. I have a lot of stuff, but I've also had my house burned down before and I lost everything I owned. And it was one of the most freeing moments of my life was when I just didn't have anything anymore. And, you know, I, I was already basically an adult when that happened. And so I, I felt that after this, things have a lot more meaning. I don't have, you know, childhood anything. So everything that I get is something that, like, either I'm choosing to buy now uh, or I am picking up because, it, you know, it's a gift or, or whatever. Um, and I, I just look at it through that sort of a lens. I have a giant pile, a box right now of stuff that I just want to throw on eBay and get rid of. Um, not even to, like, clear up clutter, but because it just doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I want to make sure that when I, you know, have somebody come over and they're in my house, I can say, yeah, so this is, you know, this thing and this is this thing and have a lot of memories and, and feelings and stories attached to everything. Yeah, no, that's why I still have a the Golden Bolt shirt. <laughs> Shots right? like, the Golden Bolt dot net. One of the very first ones that you you made, right? And you yeah. were just, here you go. Yeah. It's not like it's a nice shirt. Oh, those were the, the the early print, like the test prints. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one of the I have, I have one, one too. Prints, yeah. Yeah, it's total are... crap. It's a crap shirt. Awful it doesn't shirts. feel good. No, it, oh, it I... like it's too small. But I have it, and yeah. I won't get rid of that. Yeah, because like, it means something to me. I have my one of one uh, that I bought before you went to your current merch platform that I bought like the baseball tee. Oh yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You just have one. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because he he put it up on a test platform and then Nico bought it from there and and was like, actually don't buy anything from there because we're going to go to a different one. Yeah. And then M made a merch site. So it was like, oh, cool. I'll I'll use that. Yes. It Uh, happened literally. You can check it out right now. You can find your golden bolt and. All of the other people's oh, trap guys. Trav, Trav's I do yeah. need Moriarty. to. I do need to talk to you. By the way, I have a T-shirt design that I want to debut, but it may be a little bit. Um, we may have to use some parody law to get to to get it printed. He wants so. to sell. He wants to sell Steamboat Willie uh, with his Willie out. <laughs> I know. I actually know exactly. Yeah, what Justin he's knows about. exactly. It what just I'm like flashed in my well, head, we, but I'm not gonna so say if. It. <laughs> if you want to find out what he decides this is, uh, I guess check out that website. Go to crub.merch.house, which doesn't exist yet, but will at some point, when, <laughs> yeah, whenever yeah. we need merch. I'll, uh, yeah. right? I'll talk about yeah. it eventually, but yeah. Um, yes, uh, the, the point is that these things, they mean something to me, even if they're absolute yeah. bullshit, right? I, I really There's like, lots of things that have meaning, and I, I just want that. I, I, I really like the, the perspective you brought to something yeah. very traumatic, you know, like usually the idea of someone's house burning down i feel like would would lead to the opposite takeaway of i need all those things back and then some like i when i moved i had to like take a video of my my apartment and be like this is all the stuff for insurance purposes because you never know and honestly if everything i shouldn't say this on the record if everything burned down i'd probably just take the i'd take the check you know i wouldn't i wouldn't replace every single thing one by one unless i had to for the sake of fulfilling the insurance you know yeah i I got a check and i I like went and traveled yeah. and left and did things. And I think the thing is I saw a commercial recently, so I'm going to abuse the quote from that. But um, in it, it says you won't remember the things you didn't buy or you won't regret the things you didn't buy. And uh, yeah, you know, like 
when something comes across and I don't purchase that thing, I, 10 years down the road, I'm like, man, really wish I'd bought that watch. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen. Uh, what I do miss is the things that I didn't do, where it's like, oh, man, I should have gone to that event, or I should have gone to this thing, or I should have hung out with that person more. Um, and maybe this is, <laughs> again, a little morose. Uh, I don't have any friends from when I was a child, right? Um, all of my friends, the, my entire friend group is all dead. Every single one of them, right? I don't have any friends from when I was, like, in high school and stuff. Uh, my entire friend group, they, they've all died now. Um, all in, like, horrific and tragic ways. It's very traumatic. But, um, you know, I, I learned through this sort of nonstop... Uh, parody of my life that what I need to do is just, um, you know, appreciate the people that I'm around all the time. And so what I found myself becoming is a little bit more, uh, I don't know, yes man-ish when it comes to things. Hey, do you want to go do this thing? Right? And it's like, yeah, you know, let's go do that thing. Yeah. Hey, do you want to come out? Do you want to go to this? Do you want to do that? And I don't say no to these things anymore. Bro I realize that I never say no to them. Broadly, I moved to like a why not as an answer yeah. to that sort of thing. If there's if there's not like a reason not to go. Yeah. Right? If it's oh a little bit of money, I don't care about the money. If it's, you know, um ah, I'm a little tired. Okay, I can sleep tomorrow. I'll go out. Let's do it. Let's yeah. have that experience. And so perhaps I'm really bad actually to have on a conversation about collecting material items. <laughs> no, I think that I think that like the, the stuff that you brought up is genuinely yeah. very valuable because again, like that's a really cool perspective to take away from uh, the shitty hand that can be dealt at times. And uh, I want to I want to bounce that to Justin before you go, Nico. Justin, why did you kill all of them's friends? They were getting in the way of the Crubcast, and I needed this platform to launch so I can finally break free of these uh, mortal shackles. Um, oh, did you just say that, that we're going to make you a sandwich? Yes. I will say, the, like, I may have been making a face like I was laughing because the Twitch chat, which we don't typically acknowledge, but it, we do do these live Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, exclusive pre- and post-show, if you're interested. Uh, said something very funny that that made me like chuckle, but it was during very like M was being very serious, and I and I apologize. And also M, yeah, wow. Uh, I think it was really important to have you here for this discussion, though. We needed that perspective of like someone who maybe is not the biggest collector of one individual thing. Yeah, like we needed that because if you don't have that, you're not grounded. You know, I mean. I think that it's a very, very, very valuable thing because I surround myself with a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. Um, and the more that I buy stuff, the more that I realize I don't need more of it. Yeah. Like, I have the stuff that I want. There's a couple of other things that are too expensive for me to really entertain buying without having a job that pays me six figures because I'm not going to drop two hundred dollars on like a copy of fire emblem thoracia 776 in a well, you language. do want to right <laughs> but i do want to because it's i have all the other fire emblem games that's one of the three i'm missing so like it, it's a weird like push pull of i'm missing a few yeah and i really like fire emblem so i want to complete them all i'm only missing like the second game thoracia 
And I think the Japanese exclusive one on the DS, that was the sequel to Marth's game. That, that was... Um, that's getting into the weeds. That, that, well, that, that jumps into, yeah. like, there was a recently, a, maybe two too many games ago, I was like, I don't really, I don't want to buy anything uh, besides maybe art for when I would eventually then move. Um, and, like, the what I ended up doing was I was like, well, I want to pick something and, like, make it, like, if I'm going to collect, rather than, like, aimlessly go for whatever... I was like, I'm going to complete my Zelda collection within reason. So mm-hmm. I am not going to buy the GameCube version of Twilight Princess because it's expensive and who cares? I have it on Wii and, and uh, Wii U, which is the best version. I'm not going to collect the GameCube version of Wind Waker because that game sucks. Wind Waker HD is better. Um, stuff like that. And so I, I did that, but I also acknowledged I'm never going to play the Game Boy games on Game Boy, so I bought the much cooler Japanese uh, versions of Oracle of A- Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which have really cool box art, and like it's, it's unique, and I'm like, if I'm going to collect something with Zelda, it's the same reason I don't have like tattoos yet. I, there's nothing that's substantive enough for me to get it on myself. Uh, that's another I feel issue that, tattoos, yeah, I it feel, took, yeah. It took me 10 years to get my first, like I literally had this idea for 10 years. To get Earth, Wind, and Fire and Breaking Benjamin. Like, I, I had that. Yeah. It was a 10-year-long idea. Yeah. Um, and, like, I, I was going to say to close out is, like, the I look at my shelves and, like, I don't have... Like, I can talk about almost every one of these games for, like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever because I know about them. That's kind of what I do. But I look at a lot of them and I'm, like, at some point, you know, if I go on a convention tour one year... I'm going to bring a bunch of these and just give them away to fans. You know, if sign them if they want me to. I don't care. Just be like, hey, nice. take shit. You know, because I, I feel yeah. like that's, that's better than selling it on, you know, whatnot or whatever. Um, and then you're giving them a story. Yeah, like, it's like that would mean something to me and to somebody else, uh, whomever yeah. that may be, uh, rather than just sitting there on this shelf. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want you uh, bullet storm on PS3. <laughs> nice. I'm looking at I'm Man, looking at Bulletstorm on PS3. Though. Yeah. And you're like, what why is great that game. There? Great game. Stellar game. I, I have yeah. one thing that I want to say. Pre-Gearbox, maybe, I would say. Pre-Gearbox, it was a stellar game. Because I don't know if you remember, they destroyed it for, for Steam. They put in all sorts of wonky games yep. with Lindus Live and Throwing for content? Oh, no that's good. right. And then they also <laughs> added the, the, the Duke Nukem I'm here mode. Right, yeah, exactly. Wow. Where he doesn't actually interact with like, anything. He like just they no sell him. He just he'll just yeah, say a, just he'll say a joke <laughs> and they'll move on with the plot. And he's like, "Why are you ignoring <laughs> me?" <laughs> yeah. Fellas, before we move on to the Patreon question of the week, I have one thing that I would like to ask everyone going around in the circle very quickly. If you had infinite money, uh, what collection would you want to just complete instantaneously? If you had infinite money and infinite, like, you could buy a warehouse for this. doesn't have to be in your house. You could collect one thing and say, I own this. What is it? I have a very quick oh, I, I can answer that really immediately, yeah. actually. Yeah. Go, first. go for um, it, Em. Yeah, that, that would I cut be you off. places, right? I'd go places. I'd go see things. Infinite nice. money, that's what I would experience. You'd collect, or, you'd collect passport collect stamps, is, essentially. I would collect yeah. experiences, yeah. Mm. I'd go, go places, meet people, do things, Perfect. Do people, etc. Makes sense to me. Kevin? Infinity Stones. Infinity Stones, Justin. Like the, re- the real ones. The real ones? Not, yeah. the, not the Easter eggs they sold with MVCI? <laughs> no, I, I, want, I want to be able to snap and then get anything right. that I want the, forever. The real Infinity Stones? Okay, yeah. Um, I have a incomplete collection. I want to have 
the game that every Smash character was introduced in. Um, and I am missing a few of them. And the few that I'm missing are like Mother 3, Earthbound, um, Rondo of Blood, which to is jump, the one that To Richter's jump back, from. you you mean the first game in a series like the, where the that first character game, first appears. The first game where that character appears. Yes. So like, I, for Richter, it could have been Symphony of the Night, but I want <laughs> Rondo of Blood because that's the first game that he appeared in. I see. I um, see. I have Pikmin I see, 1. No. Like, I, like, I, I want to have Pikmin 1 for Olimar, and I want to have Pikmin 3 for Alf. Right. That's like the that. time I bought you Minecraft. Yes, because I needed Minecraft, because yeah. I didn't have Minecraft. Right, right, right. Uh, and all this was to say that I just want to be a sneakerhead. I'd like to own more shoes. I'd like to uh, be able to just buy a bunch of cool shoes. Sneaker like, tours are pretty cool, I will say that. Yeah. Dude, there are some shoes out there that I just like to look at, honestly. Um, so, there's a couple of pair you know, of shoes that I... There's a couple of pair of shoes of shoes that I want to own because I think yeah. they look cool. And then there are shoes that I actually do own and they're still in the box and I haven't worn them yet because yeah. I don't know what outfit to put them with. That's valid. It's hard with colors sometimes. Yeah. I just I stick to mainly plain white shoes myself. But, you know, I've been meaning to branch out in fashion and um, Em actually sent me a really helpful resource for that pretty recently. There's I've like been working huge... with you. We're going to we're going to do it, man. I mean, yeah. you know me. I have shoes that are bright red. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Super green and black. I mean, I have everything. Yeah, I love it. I need to like generate some some color palettes or whatever. We still have a Patreon question of the week to get to real quick. But yeah, I just want to be a sneakerhead. I, I don't I don't have the desire to go online or create a bot to like buy this sneaker as it drops. I'll buy them a year later. I don't really care. But I, I just like uh, you don't want to spend the resale prices. Yeah, it's screw, yeah, I don't screw the limited spend. drops on shoes. Let, let yeah, those, I agree. Let those sweatshop just, kids work more. Yeah, not a big fan of limited runs. Yeah. Hmm. All right, all right, enough of that. Sneakers uh, are just it, fancy fellas, footbags anyway. It is time for our Patreon question of the week, which you, yes, you, can submit at patreon.com slash crub. We already gave you the rundown on that, but fellas, this week the question comes from TK Upworld. Who asks, what is better, and I quote, what is better in making a game popular? It's budget, it's team, or is there a secret mojo that I didn't personally seduce? Or is it deduce? Or maybe it's, and then the communication cuts off there. Fellas, what's more important when uh, when making a game popular? The budget, the team, or some Jenny Sequa? What is it? Justin? My guess is that you want Twitch streamers to play it and have everyone play it at once and then it gets in front of a bunch of people and then people start playing it. I mean, look at mm -hmm. Fall Guys. That was a game that exploded for a hot minute to the point where they got bought out, I think, right? Yeah. That's kind of going to Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, but I would, I would actually use that exact example and say, uh, um, in that example, Among Us, yeah. which wiped out Fall Guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. like having, having the, the word of mouth, um, advertising in gaming, I think is the most important because you can tell someone a game is fun, but if it's not someone that you trust telling you a game is fun, they're not actually going to play it. Mm. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. Because that's, that's why you see things like, um, Amogus or, 
or a lethal company most recently, like blowing up is because people watch them and they say that looks fun. Mm-hmm. Like and it's then not if you can that get they a bunch saw of friends to buy in. Right. Like a movie trailer I can see and say, I might be uh, interested in this story mm-hmm. based on what, you know, this condensed version that the trailer is showing me. If you see that in a game, the only game that works for is the order 1776, which is a movie. Or Until Dawn, right? Like games like that that are actually movies. I just want to mm. point out uh, that we've now, on this podcast, acknowledged the Order 1776, the Order 1886, and the Order 1996 because of that, because of that <laughs> slip there. Well, okay, well, first of all, <laughs> the Order 1996 was so much funnier to me. That was so that, sorry. That was excellent. I needed to, you should, to, to you shout should that be one sorry. out. But. For those that are, are, are not familiar, there's a, a recent episode we did. Uh, the worst possible video game sequels. You should look into that. It's very fun. Very fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The with a thing- game, you need to see the gameplay in order to say, I would like to play this game. Uh, and, um, you know, that. Sorry, I thought Kevin was getting ready to. No, the thing with the thing but, with um, games too is yeah. that it's a lot more of a time commitment than a movie or anything like that, where you have to sit down and like decide that you're going to play this game. With a movie, you sit down for an hour forty five, and you can be done with it and just say, mm-hmm. "I did it. I saw it. It wasn't good. It was good. You should see it. You should not see it. Very, very easy." Yeah. So. Going back to the actual question itself, right? Like, what what a complicated question because yeah, it's so, you can certainly yeah. say that there are teams that have managed to make the game big. You know, the Johns that made Doom, and therefore every game after that, boy, you put John Carmack on it, um, and he was arguably one of the most genius programmers of his time, uh, able to do things with with graphics that nobody could do. Right. We forget that that at that point, the console was more advanced than any PC. And the idea of smooth scrolling was something that was impossible to do. And he replicated it uh, in a single night, which is just insane. Um, So the Johns were really good. You look at somebody like a Toby Fox, right, or an Eric Barone. Could you have done the same success as Undertale or um, Stardew Valley with any amount of money thrown at the game? And Anthem shows you no. It's not just money that makes these games a thing, but also, boy, money sure does make a game a thing. Uh, (laughs) It sure helps. We look at something like a Fortnite, right? And Fortnite exists because they throw $5 billion a year at licensed characters and buying uh, um, the the harmonics and buying the psionics people. Wow, do all of their purchases... And with X, that seems like a like a trend now. So like like yes, money is absolutely a big part of it, a hundred percent. And yes, the team is absolutely a big part of it. But I'm going to give you the same answer that I would give you if you're asking me what makes a good YouTube video. And I would say that it is more than anything conceptual, which I think ties into what Justin was saying, where it's the the moment, right? I think you can have a bad game with a really really cool moment from a team that doesn't matter and from a um a budget that's zero dollars, right? And I'll give you an example of that being true, and that's Phantasmagoria or whatever it was. Uh, Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia had no budget, (laughs) it had no team behind it, but it was such a cool moment, right? 
that people were willing to go out and buy that. And I think that that's a really good example of a game that has nothing that, that, you know, is nothing, but is so conceptually sound that people wanted to play it. I would point at Among Us, which had no budget and had no team. All of those four people, because that game was made by by three people and a marketing woman. Uh, all of those four people are very, very, very famous now. You put Victoria Tran in something and people go, oh, wow, yeah, Victoria Tran's there. But at one point, she was just the social media person for this little inner sloth company that nobody knew about until Among Us hit it big. So I don't think that you need to have some mega budget because we see plenty of games like Eric Barone's Stardew. He spent seven years working off of his girlfriend, <laughs> right? And I think it's really, really disappointing. Just again, more side. I'm diverging and, and div we're jumping off. We're digressing as much as we can here. Um, Passively. I think that that she is equally responsible and, and important right in that story because she paid for him for seven years. I think that's absolutely an important part of that is that he was able to make that game because he stayed in the basement while she went to work. Right. So like there's an important aspect of that, that we just don't acknowledge. Um, but th these things aren't just about people for every, every Eric Barone, right. There's also a, a phasmophobia. And I think that when we're talking about what makes a game popular, really do think conceptually it is more important that the concept is great, that it is a, just like a good YouTube video or a good piece of music, right? You've got that thing, that core nut deep inside that makes somebody go, oh, I want to play that. Because you know what? It happened, too, with the very first time that, that Brendan Green made a game. He had a great idea, and he went in and he built this little mod in Arma called Battle Royale, and then he got hired on to do H1Z1 and PUBG, and then we have Fortnite, and now Battle Royale is the biggest thing in the world, right? You see it with extraction shooters with, what, a team of five people making Escape from Tarkov? These single, you know, uh, kernels of, of, of awesomeness in the middle of it, way more important than anything else. Like that, Kevin? I was going to say the vision, which well, is similar to what M said, but yeah, in saying. one word. No. Uh, and <laughs> the, the, well, the, the vision behind it is, I think, what matters because the vision is what drives it. If you have the vision of an auteur like a Kojima, that might mean that the game can be uh, sink or swim to some capacity because it might not be Kojima. It might be... Uh, Corey Barlog. Well, Corey Barlog, who is, an, who is an admitted auteur to a fault, but I meant, uh, I'm thinking more like uh, the... Uh, Platinum Games, Hideki Kamiya. Kamiya. You can be an auteur like him, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the games are going to land uh, quite as well every time. You know, uh, Suda51 is an example where his games are unabashedly Suda51 games. 100%. And his vision carries that, and it's ha it has a very niche audience, but it's a very niche audience. So it doesn't, he doesn't have a budget. He doesn't have, uh, you know, a, a huge team. And he, he trucks along because, you know, it's, it's hard to make it in the games industry as it is in every industry, but it's, it's easy to almost make it. So you can keep, or it's easy to make, I guess I'll say. You can keep making in the games industry as long as you have uh, income from it. The vision of a game like A Shovel Knight uh, of let's, let's kill the concept of the retro revival and finally make a... Uh, the, the one that hopefully stops them all, which wasn't their outright goal, but that's what it should have been. 
they did it, you know, uh, and it's because of the vision of uh, the circumstance in the same way that you mentioned with uh, Stardew uh, Man's uh, partner. Uh, like the uh, uh, Jake Kaufman forewent his uh, his pay for Shovel Knight until after the game came out. He was like, pay me afterwards, pay your team more, because they only paid themselves $30,000 a year uh, across, like, you know, how, however many people there were, because that's how much the budget uh, from Kickstarter gave them. Uh, right, and $30,000 is not a lot of money, no, to be clear. No, and, uh, you know, Yu Suzuki has a job, so that tells you everything that it, you need to know about. You can, you can keep making as long as there's somebody willing to pay you, doesn't matter what your budget is, because the game could still look low budget like a Yu Suzuki game sometimes does. Uh, Shenmue three, for for yeah. for example. Um, yeah. So I think it comes yeah. it comes down to vision, and like like you said, and that that applies to the the content game. It applies to television. It applies to everything. Uh, obviously, there's more to it where it's you also have to know people. You know, you have yeah. to, you have to know uh, the right publisher. You have to know the right person to get at that publisher. You have to know the right a uh, creator that you've befriended over the years via your influencer marketing manager to be like, hey, can you, uh, here's a code, please, you know, if covered if you can. And then, then that's, that does it. You know, you get a, a an, um, not an Among Us situation, but a similar to an Among Us situation where word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, and you can do that with no budget. So, yeah. And this does happen. I mean, people, you know, we see these singular individual uh, in influencers sort of create these overnight, you know, successes. Um, that's not because the influencer was super successful that that happened. It's because the influencer decided to see that game. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in that case, it may not have anything to do with anything more than I thought this was cool and I would scream at it like yeah. a PewDiePie or a Markiplier. And, and I'll jump back. Cause there was one thing I did want to say, which was, uh, at the time of recording, just yesterday, Sony was showing off some of the weird stuff they're doing at CES, just to show off stuff to investors and, and tech showcases and stuff. And they showed off a Gravity Rush movie trailer that looks pretty bad right now, and they hinted at something Patapon. And I saw somebody uh, respond to the fact that there's a Patapon game or anime or something in the works with support the original creator and this new Patapon game that they had kickstarted last year. And it made me think about how so many people don't know, uh, to go back to Vision, that Sony's Japan studio did not have Vision for like 10 straight years, and that's why it doesn't exist anymore. Because their Vision was, the common, the common phrase that I've heard throughout the games industry is, uh, you need like three or four ideas in a game total, and you just need to make sure those, those ideas are fleshed out over the course of the game, however long that may be. That you don't do... 20 things and you don't just do one uh the one can be doable in the case of like you know a tetris for example and uh everything at japan studio for the entirety of the ps3 era was either uh so overly ambitious uh, and being willfully designed by non-game designers to the point uh that it'd be like uh justin if you made a game not knowing anything about how to make a game that that's what they were doing at Japan Studio. So they had a vision, but their vision was very uh, bottom up instead of top down. So every single designer could add their own flavor to it and be like, "I'm going to make this mechanic," and then it'd be a messy nothing of a game that never came out. Yeah, that sounds like a quick way to just have such incredible creep. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly like that's the entirety of Japan Studio for a, a decade. And uh, there's a reason that uh, with with PlayStation, they shifted away from Japan Studio. And it's because they were able to go from not being a game company at the start of the PlayStation one to building out uh, an ecosystem that made sense uh, in three different regions between, you know, uh, Sony of America, Sony of uh, Europe and Sony of Japan that were all actively fighting against each other half the time. And they were able to take that and like transport the the successful ideologies of this is how games are currently made to a lot of the European studios and then to the to the Japanese studios a lot of those folks weren't even game designers to begin with so they just dipped and so it's an interesting uh historical example of uh the need for that vision studio wide you know, you need a studio manager at a game studio, even if it's small. You need a planner. You need someone who makes those stupid spreadsheets with the really in-depth schedules. Uh, because <laughs> without that stuff... You need a PMD. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You do. Oh, yeah, and I'll funny. actually, I'll throw one out that, that proves the point, which is Peter Molyneux. Oh, right? God, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, immediately, he proves the point. So with that, folks, I think we've just about um, answered that question. Very uh, good job, fellas. Uh, Japan, sorry, Japan Studio made Bloodborne. Uh, they lent a hand with FromSoft working on Bloodborne. By the end, a lot That's of Japan I'm... Studio was like assisting on things. They were more of a support team than a than an active developer of their own. That's where I knew I heard that name before. And with that, uh, we are going to close out the podcast. Be sure to stick around for the post show if you are watching the live stream uh, and. This has been JTart9, the Golden Bolt, Moriarty, and all hell buckets for Crub. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.